<laughs> Look, this is the parish of Breshit. This is the parish of Breshit. If you are uh, uh, yeshiva students, you people here, if you were students in yeshiva, you would not yet exist. Because traditionally, Ben Azmanim ends on Rosh Chodesh. And Rosh Chodesh is not yet, so there's a certain kind of atmosphere, you know, in the air, that this is the time for non-learning. But we, you know, are not purists. So we're going to start from Bracious this year. I want to uh, just remind everybody that the year is sponsored a memory of Mr. Joe Moskowitz and his fa- by his family. Leluin Nishmat Gershon Alter Ben Yehuda Wolf. I'd like to, I'd like to, with the Parsha of Breshit, you know, there's so much going on in the Parsha of Breshit that it's hard to get out of a posuk. Like if you pick a posuk, it's like that's the end of the, the end of the day. But the posuk, the, the inyan, the matter that I would like to discuss is Cain. I mean, we all know that Cain was a bad guy and that he discovered that if you hit the, his brother like really hard, he might die. And in fact, he did die. <coughs> and this event of Cain killing his brother had a lot of ramifications for us. But let's look at the psukim. Let's try this time to just learn the psukim with a little bit of, uh, of Rashi and the Ramban and see what we make of it. The first pasuk, Perik Dalet Pasuk Aleph, Adam Yadat Chava Ishto. Now this could really be the beginning of the story of mankind. It's Perik Dalet in Breshit. What precedes it is how man got to be the way he was. How was he? How was man? Well, he was not independent. He was dependent. He had to farm the land. He had to collect the fruits and the vegetables <coughs> in order to eat. And he had to take care of his family. Even though when he was created and put into the Garden of Eden, the impression is that he had to do none of these things. That he, uh, he was like a tree. I mean, he grew and he ate, and he did whatever he had to do, and nothing was an issue until, of course, man sinned, and then he had to reconnoiter. He came into a new world. He wasn't just punished. He was reformed, and he was remade. And so this pasuk at the beginning of Perik Dalit, this pasuk is the beginning of the story of Adam, after he is reformed. There's a new Adam, not a new creation, but a new Adam, a new Adam. There's another new Adam that we're going to confront, you're going to confront certainly next week, and his name is Noah. Noah was also a new, reconformed personality. (coughs) So, V'adam yadat chava ishto, Something very obvious, very simple. Adam had relations with his wife, Atahar. 
she became pregnant, Vatelet Kayim, Vatomar, Kaniti Ish et Hashem. A kind of a difficult, the words mean Kaniti, I possess Ish. Ish is a, a man, et Hashem. I mean, you could explain it in a more midrashic way or a less midrashic way. It's not perfectly clear what those words mean, but they may become clearer as we go along. Vatosef laledet et achiv et hevel. Now, you know, in the, in the manner of... Uh, so the Torah itself says that the name Kayin means something. It's an awareness of something. We don't know what that is yet. Then Hevel, Hevel doesn't have an explanation. Even though Hevel, the world Hevel, we think immediately of Kohelet, right? Kohelet, and uh, there's a lot of Hevel in Kohelet, and none of the Hevel of Kohelet is complementary. It's not something of significance. So the Pasuk says, Hevel, that was his name. And it doesn't tell us why he was named Hevel. Right? It doesn't tell us why he was named Hevel. But it sounds like he's a sort of an empty set. But the next pasuk belies that. You see, right, at the end of the pasuk, we have a red son, Veda Dama, sort of like telling us that they had a different nature. There were different kinds of people. One went this way, one went that way. Right? And then, at the end of some days, uh, Kayin was Oveid Adama. So the Adama produced fruits and vegetables. And then what did he do? <coughs> so this is kind of the basic religious instinct. Right? You have plenty. You want to thank God. How do you thank God? How, do you, how are you thankful? You give of the plenty that you have. We see this again and again in the Torah. Shumot, Masrot, Bikurim, etc. Mincha Lashem. A mincha is an offering. A mincha is an offering, even though in the Beit HaMikdash, a mincha is usually a meal offering. And here, he brought vegetables. Nevertheless, they are called mincha. They are called mincha. The Hevel, the brother, who has that name, and the name is not explained in the Torah, why he's called Hevel, and our associations with the word Hevel are negative. So he brought uh, the best of the flocks, and he brought the best of the fats. And then the Pasuk says, Vayusha Hashem el Hevel ve'el minchato. Ve'el Kayin ve'el minchato lo sha'a. Vayichar lekayin ma'od vayiplu panav. Vayichar lekayin ma'od. In other words, God appreciated 
what Hevel did, but did not appreciate what Cain did. Now the Torah does not explain to us why this is the case. Why this is the case? But the Torah uses these words. Uses these words. <coughs> and that always reminded me of a pasuk in Yonah. Right? What's the pasuk in Yonah? You see, you skip down to the next. Hashem what was Yonah annoyed, annoyed about? What was he unhappy about? He was unhappy about something to do with Sacharva Onish. About reward and punishment. He said, Ninveh versus Israel. Chazal already pointed out that if Ninveh is spared, <coughs> what will I tell Am Yisrael about Sacharva Onish? Apparently, Apparently, if you don't have any mitzvot and you don't have any obligations, this is what, what Yonah was thinking to himself, that maybe you're better off. I mean, here you have the people of Ninveh, they did tshuva, and it just worked. The whole thing worked. You couldn't imagine that this could happen to Am Yisrael. And therefore, charalach. Charalach means, I have a problem with sachar onesh. That's what charalach means. Now, if you look at the back at the our pasuk, look at our pasuk. Well, Kaimel Minchato Losha'a Vayichal Kaim Maot. So, not just that he was angry; he had a dilemma. Kaim, he couldn't understand why it happened. He put in a day's work with the sheep. His brother put in a day's work with the vegetables. <coughs> Both of them brought a mincha, a present for HaKadosh Baruch And yet, one was seen as superior to the other. And therefore, right? He didn't understand how God worked. He didn't understand what was his deficiency. And that's what he said. Uh, uh, so Hashem said to Cain, what are you so upset about? Upset here now means, what question do you have? What's the issue? What is the issue that you have with what's going on? Right, these two things, chara, anger, and naflupanecha, your face fell. That also demands interpretation, but we have to go on. Pasuk Zayin. Halom teitiv, se'et, vimlo teitiv, lepetach atach rovets, velecha teshukato. But uh, Tim Shalbo, I can't tell you that I know what this passage means. Right? I can't tell you that. But I can tell you that what this means, that what God is saying to to uh, to Cain uh, is imitative. Say, if you'll do better, then God will bear you. In other words, you'll be you'll find favor in the eyes of God if you do good implying 
that Cain was somehow a person who had bad tendencies. And since everything is known to God, since everything is known to God, we could say that when Cain brought the Mincha, it was a kind of cover-up. He said, even though I'm not, I'm not always the way I should be, but I, <coughs> I, want to, I want to bring this Mincha so that God will think well of me. But since God knows everything, since God knows everything, there's no reason for God to think well of Cain because he brings a Mincha if there's something wrong with him. So God says to Cain, Im teitiv, seit, vim lo teitiv. And if you don't improve, you don't do what you do. We don't know exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about a human error. Right? The human error is, and the, the VM talk about it, and it's reviewed again and again, that people think you can make up for what you did by doing something else. We're, and not addressing the problem of what you did. I won't address that problem. <coughs> So, that somehow the chatat, the obligation to bring a sin offering, will always be there, like it'll always be hanging on your head, as though he said to Cain, you should be bringing a chatat. What are you bringing this mincha for? You're bringing this happy uh, uh, sacrifice? This happy sacrifice you should bring after you bring a chatat. That's what the Pasuk says. Ve'elecha tshukato v'atatim sholbo. He says, Alecha tshukato refers to the chait. The chait likes you. Right? V'atatim sholbo. But you have to indicate that you are Moshe. So the first thing that happens to the first person who is born, whose name is Cain, the first person, that, the first thing that happens to him is that God forces him to address an error. The error that he has is that he can uh, do what he wants. And then you bring a carbon. You know, you may have met a person like that here and there. But I used to always wonder why so many people came to the shul that we doubted them when I was a kid on Yom HaKippurim. So the answer was, of course, that Yom Kippurim is only one day. I mean, how could you miss out on an opportunity like that? <coughs> so here's Kai, undisclosed sinner. And the fact that he sinned in A and B and C is unimportant to the story that's told in the Torah. What is important in the story is that he made the mistake of future sinners and he brought a mincha lashem he said okay you know like sinning is like what I do during the week and uh, being from is what I do on Shabbos and that was his that was his position so I thought it, 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 it there was no reason apparently for him to think that this is not Correct that this doesn't work. So Hakadosh Baruch had to explain to him: you can't do both. You can't sin and bring a mincha. You want to bring a mincha. You want to be accepted like heaven was accepted. 
then you have to do, you have to do tshuva. So amazingly, we're not finished with tshuva. Even though we've gone through Elul, Rosh Hashanah, Yom HaKippurim, what else? Hoshana Rabbah. Hoshana Rabbah, we're still not finished. Because here in Breshit, what is being discussed is the birth of tshuva. Now you all know that the Medrash says, the Medrash, Medrash Rabbah, I forgot what paragraph number, that one of the things that was created Erev Shabbos was... <coughs> one second. One of the things that was created Erev Shabbos was, was tshuva. And even though this is an enticing notion in different ways, but it's hard to imagine tshuva <coughs> not being created in a context. What do you mean created Erev Shabbat? So we see here in this parasha, in the parasha of Kayin, that tshuva is being created HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to him, listen, you've got to take care of the chata'im. You've got to take care of the sins before you start giving uh, uh, charitable donations. Right? The charitable donations do not wipe out the sins. <coughs> this was such a great chidush. This was such a great chidush as we know the Kayin wasn't able to absorb it. He didn't understand. He said, if I do good, I should get credit for good. So what if I did a little bad on the way? And so, you see, <coughs> the Pazuk says, Pazuk Chet, Vayomer Kayin El Hevel Achiv. This is called, what is this called? A syndeton? It's called, you know, like you start off saying something and you stop, and you say something else? Ellipsis. What? Ellipsis. Ellipsis? Okay, I'll buy it. But this is what happened. You see the pasuk? Look at the pasuk. Ma. What did he, what did he say? And if he didn't say anything, so why did the Torah say he said? If he said good morning, so why did the Torah say it? It must have been something so bad, so revealing about Kayan that the Torah didn't want to repeat it because that's not the topic of the Torah. The topic is not why Kayan was a bad guy because right in the next words in the Pazuk, and this all took place when they were out in the field. I guess nobody else was there to see them. But Yaakov Kayan El Hevel Archiva Yargeu. Now, <coughs> we have to understand. Or we have to think that we understand. Could Kayan have thought that killing Hevel was not such a big deal? Could Kayan have had some kind of a crazy idea that if there was no Hevel, and there was no handle to bring him in Chal Hashem, then, then what? Then maybe he, Kayin, his Mincha would look, be looked upon more favorably because it was non-competitive. 
And since, as you all know, everybody dies, so could you have a Svara? Could a person think that if everybody's going to die, what's the difference when you die? And, and he might have even been a tzaddik in this point, and he might have said, look, God has just looked favorably upon heaven. Let him go to heaven. It's like a good point in his life. In any event, in some way or other, Akai <coughs> came to the conclusion that he had to kill Hevel in order to improve his own position. Then, the next pasuk, Vayom Hashem El Kayin Ehevel Achicha Vayom Eloyadati Ashomer Achi Anochi. So, without getting too, uh, too involved, Kayin says, God says to Kayin, where's Hevel? <coughs> and he says, Lo yadati. How do I know? I mean, am I responsible for where he is? But if you look at that, of course, means, what does it mean? He brought the mincha. God accepted the mincha from Hevel. Right, so who should have been watching Hevel? Who should have been? Who should have been watching? Obviously we're, we're at odds. We're contesting the same territory. You, God, is an accusation. Did I kill him? God told me to kill him. God made me kill him. This is like a, a religious position throughout history over the last 5,000 years. The religion that I believe in told me. Started with Kain. Now Kain may not have had a religion, but he had an awareness of God, which supersedes religion. You don't need a religion if you're like confronting God all the time. And surely that was the time of Kain and Hevel and Adam and Chava and Shays. <coughs> they confronted God. They didn't need to worship God. Worship is a word that is about something that's far away. Not like with you, right? Abu Ravido walked with God. You walk with God. Did Abu Ravido ever give a sacrifice? Hello, hello, hello? Did Abu Ravido ever give a sacrifice? Never. Never. He built Mizbechot. He built altars. But he was walking with God. I mean, however you understand the notion of a sacrifice, it only makes sense in a world where closest to God has to be generated, has to be, has to be made in some way. It's not there. You walk in the, the park. And it's a park. And even though you know that God is everywhere, you don't necessarily feel that in the park. Even though you may be alone, you may be happy, you may be smiling, and the park is green, green and luscious. <coughs> oh, lush. Anyway, Hashomer Achi Anochi. You made your choice. You, God, made your choice. You took Hevel over Kain. Vayomer, 
מהסיטה. כל דמי אחיך צועקים אלי מן האדמה. And this, what did you do? God says to Kayan. What did you do? Call the Meachich and talk him like me now. Am I your your brother's blood screams out at me? Min Adama. What is Min Adama? We go backwards in the pasuk. What is Min Adama? Where was Adam Harishon? What was Adam Harishon created from? Adama. Which means that what happened to Hevel? He went backwards. He went from being created to before creation. Instead of going to heaven. What's called the meyachicha. There's something undone. Unfinished. Tzorakim elai min ha'adama. Tzorakim elai min ha'adama means that he's still not formed. He can't move on. There's some unfinished... This is also a lesson. Kayan didn't know any of this. He didn't know that you pay the price, that there's retribution, that there's a person who is ba'adama, who is trying very hard, who is trying very hard to communicate his position to God. And so, key... When you work the land in the future, right? Two punishments. Clearly, there are two punishments. Kain, who is the the uh, farmer, the one who grows the vegetables and the fruits. That's Kain. <coughs> What happens to him? What happens to him is Arur Atah Min Adama. Your curse is even greater than the curse of the Adama. You remember the curse of the Adama when when Adam Arishon ate on the fruit and the snake and the wife and the, right, you know so also the Adama was cursed. You'll be more cursed. Asher patzdat pia lakachad et demei achicha miyadecha. It's like like Chayin realizes suddenly that he did a, a terrible thing. His whole world is dependent on him and his relationship to the Adama. And Hakadosh Baruch says the punishment will be. That that relationship will be endangered. <coughs> it won't be so obvious that you'll be able to farm and grow and yield. None of those things. None of those things are going to happen. Not only will the land not serve you; it won't be obvious. But you'll be Navinad. Now if these two things are connected to each other, then he'll wander around in the world. He'll wander around the world because if you work the land and the land doesn't respond, you have to go and move to the next patch of land. Right? And against this curse, the Torah told us to keep Shemitah. 
The Torah doesn't say, but the Torah says if you keep Shemitah, everything will be fine. Which many people understand as being a way of resting the land or letting it rejuvenate itself. But that's what happened at the time of of Cain. Pasud Gid Gimel, Vayom Cain El Hashem, Gadol Avoni Miniso. Gadol Avoni Miniso. In other words, I can't bear. I can't bear it. And what does Rashi say? What can't he bear? See the Rashi? Betmiya. Atato ein elyonim v'tachtonim v'avoni e'ev shalit on. So Rashi changes around. Rashi says, Gadol avonim is not on his own. Question mark? Big question mark. It's kind of said, what do I do? I mean, you can't can't put up with Kayin. What's so terrible about Kayin? That's that's what Rashi says. Rashi's thinking. Rashi, do you what possible reaction could Kayin have had? Kayin didn't understand. He didn't understand. He really thought that if he would have brought more. Karbanot, more minchot than God would have looked favorably upon him. So what Kayan does is remove the competition. <coughs> Rashi says, You're going to punish me? So much? You mean you can't? You, God, cannot put up with me? And what did I do? I just killed Heather. And that's so terrible. Get him a good spot in Olam Haba. It's like, it's like hard to understand the conversation, but that's what Rashi says. The Ramban. You see the Ramban under the Rashi. Ramban says, Right, so there you have it. Chazal already said it. Gadol avonim so What did the Chachomim what didn't they want us to think? They didn't want us to think that Cain was doing tshuva. Gadol like, like he says, you God, you can't put up with me. I mean, what did I do? I just killed one person. Look in Jewish history, you see how many people were killed. One person. So no Cain. So what? What there is to make? Anyway, there was Shet. Shet was going to be. Listen to the Rabban. Vanachon bepshat shehu vidui. Can you have two opposite interpretations? The simple meaning, the Rabban says, is that this is confession. Now, we've talked about it, but everybody knows, certainly after Yom HaKippurim, confession is tshuva. It's either halachically tshuva or not. But when a person does tshuva, he's obliged to to say vidui to confess. But Ramban says, Ramban says, Anachom b'pshat shu vidui. Amar Zokayin said, Emet ki avoni gadol milisloach. Exact opposite pshat. It's true, he said. My sin is so great that it doesn't deserve to be forgiven. 
הצדיק אתה אשם. וצדיק אתה אשם וישר משפטך. And he dilemma. If a person does an Avera, and then he comes and he does Tshuva, so why should he be forgiven? The Avera is there. He did the Avera. Tzadik ata Hashem yashem ishpatecha. Aval pi she'anashta oti habay ma'od. V'nei geirashta oti ayom y'alpanei adama. Oh, you punished me a lot, Kayan said. And you chased me away from the world. Like I can't, I have no place in, the, in this uh, Adama. Ki b'diyoti nabanad. V'lo uchala mod b'mekom echad. Yineach anochi b'gorash min Adama. V'ein makom v'menuchati. That's my punishment. That I'm no longer connected to the Adama. I don't have a place. I don't have a place. I mean, we understand already at the beginnings, like where Eretz Yisrael is going to come into the Cheshbon, that not having a place is not, is not possible. Even though the Jews in the Galut have spent many, many years without having their own place, but the Galut may have taught us, may have, may have taught us that you can't live without a place. And that's what Cain says. He says, I've been punished. And then he says, the passage we haven't read yet, I will not be able to daven, and I won't be able to give a korban, I am embarrassed, about what I did when I was young. He says, you know, everybody knows that I, I know that God does not find favor in me. Everybody will kill me. If you look again, look at the Pasuk. The seal of the Pasuk, Yud Gimel. These are the Pasukim that the Ramban is quoting. He learns, we learn something about punishment. That punishment is not, I hit you, and then sometime later on, the pain goes away. Punishment is something you live with. And that's what Cain said. He said, how could I live? How could I live with the punishment? Because it's always there. I can't stay in one place. I can't be with the land. I can't. So you see that these psukim are the psukim that teach us that you have to have tshuva. If you don't have a mechanism for overcoming the permanent nature of the punishment, you won't be able to live. It doesn't matter what the punishment is. It doesn't matter because then as a result, as a result, Pasuk Yudalet, I'm hiding, and I can't stay in one place, and this teaches us, Kayin, Kayin was, what did he do? What did he do for a living? 
What does mother talk about when we talk about kayak? About the tomatoes and the cucumbers and the fruit that was kayak. He had a place. <coughs> what about Hevel? What did Hevel do? He had flocks. You know how it is with flocks? It's only recently that the cows stay put. But in the good old days, the flocks went here and they went there and they ate this and they ate that. <coughs> so in the beginning of the story, who was the one who was connected to the earth, to the land, to the place? Kaya. And who was the one who was not connected? Who was not connected? And so maybe Kaya said, look, he's not connected. He's not, he has got a place. What difference does it make if he lives or dies? And Kayan's punishment was that he became that person. And what does he say about himself? What does he, Kayan, say about himself? He says, <coughs> He says, Everybody will kill me, just like I killed heaven. It's exactly, exactly the same. Pasuk tetva vayomala Hashem v'chein kol arei kai shevatayim yakum v'yasem Hashem v'kayim ot levilti hakot oto kol motzah oh so God says okay I'll protect you you'll be landless and homeless and placeless but no one will kill you so you have that feeling the punishment will be with you forever and forever. So this is what the Ramban is referring to and the Ramban says <coughs> you see sort of in the middle the, the line begins in the Ramban I have to hide from you I won't be able to daven right to give any, any gifts to God these are the elementary acts because I'll always be in that state I'll always be punished for those transgressions. So what can I do? I can't do anything. You, God, did not obligate me to the death penalty, but they will kill me. Will, this is the Rabban's re-statement. I will shomreini shelo e'anesh yoter otzi. You have to keep me from being killed. It's okay, I'm not banan. I'm not going to be able to work the land. But don't let them kill me. Right? Kisar tzilcha me'alai so it, it was this Ramban, this little Ramban, you know, which sort of is unassuming, tells me really why you need tshuva. Why do you need tshuva? Because you have to get back to point zero, as uh, the Mishnah of Yo pointed out. <coughs> I would just like to learn with you. We'll leave out this. Parakimal and Breshit, but I'd like to learn this Medrash. You see the Medrash says, Breshit Rabbah. Refers to the last Pasuk. If you look at the last Pasuk, Vayetzei Kayin Milchne Hashem. 
Vayeshev Be'eretz Nod Kidman Eden. So Vayetze Kayin Meim Hashem was he happy or unhappy? According to the Rambam, he was happy. He made an argument and God accepted it. What was the argument? What was the argument? That he didn't want to be killed. And since he was alone, Nabanad, he wasn't connected to the land, he would be killed straight away just as he killed Kayin. And HaKadosh Baruch agreed to put a siman, an oath, a sign on his forehead. And the sign on his forehead warned everybody not to, not to kill him. So the Medrash refers to that possible way. It's a kind of Hashem. If you go to um, uh, the first, uh, not the first explanation, but the second. In the third line, the end of the second line. Rabbi Chama B'Shem, Rabbi Hanina, by Rabbi Yitzchak Ramar. You see those words? It's the third line, six words in Yatzah Sameach. That's how we learned the Psukim. That 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 uh, uh, Kayin was happy. Why was he happy? Because he wasn't going to be killed. That it wasn't a life for a life, but he was going to be spared. He wouldn't have a home. And he wouldn't be able to farm. And he wouldn't be able to live. He'll be navanad. But he won't be. He won't be killed. And there's some kind of proof for that. Now, the end of the third line. You see the words pagabo? <coughs> the end of the third line. Kayin vayetze kayin Hashem. He went away from this confrontation with God. Pagabo Adama Rishon. Amale. Nana Sebedimcha. He met Adam Harishon, who, by the way, was his father. And his father said to him, Mana Asa Bedimcha. What was the final decision of heaven in your judgment? Omar Lay, a city chuva, venit pasharati. Omar Lay, he said to his father, a city chuva, venit pasharati. And we came to an agreement. We came to an agreement. In other words, the chuva, who we say on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, right in San Antonio. Not the Xero. Kayan remained with the punishment. But the Roag Zero, which was not the punishment of Akadish Bhagavad, which was implied by the punishment that he would be killed, that he <coughs> that he would be killed, he said Nitpasharti. Hitchil Adam Arishon mitapeach al panav. Adam Arishon sort of patted him on his head, on his face. Omar kachu kocha shel tshuva. This is what tshuva can accomplish. 
ואני לא הייתי יודע. And without you, I wouldn't have known this. מיד אמר לאדם הראשון, הוא אמר, מזמור שיר ליום השבת. So we remember, we have no indication that Adam Arishon, that Chava, that the snake, that the Adama, did Shuva. They were punished. They were punished so severely that their lives changed. They didn't live the same kind of life as we pointed out. Adam, Chava, the Nachash, the Adama. The one who created tshuva as an effective force in the world. It's true that Hashemot created tshuva on the Erev Shabbos, as that's Mizmo Shalit on the Shabbos, probably in the, in the Medrash. But the one who employed tshuva, the one who used it to change his life, was Kayin. Was Kayin. So if you ask yourself, what about Kayin? Was he a good guy? It's hard to say that. But if you ask, did Cain leave us a legacy that was perhaps the greatest legacy of all times? Then your answer might be yes. Have a good job.